Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast on Psalms 24. This is part 3 of my sharing on Psalm 24 and today we'll be looking at verses 7 to 10. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Psalm 24 verses 7 to 10. Let us now read these verses. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Now this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this psalm and we pray, O Lord, that even as we go to the last few verses for the devotion, that Lord, may you continue to guide our hearts as we read, reflect, and relate to your word. Help us, Lord, even as you convict us of uh, the things in our lives that need change. Give us your grace and the courage and the love to change and be transformed more and more in your likeness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my friends, you might remember that in my previous sharing on Psalm 24, the psalmist asked the question on who is worthy to stand before God. And I say that based on verses 3 to 6, the one who is worthy to stand before God uh, have a few qualities that the psalmist had uh, actually spoken to us about. There is someone with a pure heart, someone who loves righteousness, and someone who um, is so loyal to the Lord, who will not use God's name in vain and have a heart full of reverence for the Lord Almighty. And I concluded that these verses, while they spoke of the God of Israel, and those who came to worship him in the temple, he actually foreshadows Jesus Christ. And Jesus, who is the one and only, the only one found perfectly worthy, right, to be the atoning sacrifice, so that anyone who believes is declared as righteous and therefore worthy to come into the very presence of God. And with that truth in our hearts, we give thanks to the Lord for his grace and his mercy. And today, verses 7 to 10 actually shifts our focus to God himself. Who is this God who can rightly demand that only those who are pure in heart can have a deeper relationship with him? Who is this God who had the right from the very beginning, you know, out of love, out of mercy, planned to send his only begotten son to die for our sins? And this is so that even though we are sinful, we are given the grace to repent of the old life and be committed to the new. And the psalmist here declared that it is the king of glory. It is the king of glory who can demand all of these things, who have the right to demand all of these things. And God is referred to in this psalm as the king of glory, likely because the psalmist had in mind the cloud of glory which covers the mercy seat the mercy seat which is on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And it recalls God's promise to Moses in Leviticus 16 when he was instructed to build the Ark. 
Therefore, as I mentioned right from the start in part one, even as King David and his men were, you know, uh, they were likely to be singing and praising God using the psalm as they as they brought the ark from Obed Edom to Mount Zion. They are here recalling the cloud of glory, right? The teaching that has been passed down from Moses' time and really referring to God as the glorious one. And in particular, they sang of uh, two characteristics of God, that God is strong, God is mighty, right? God is the Lord of hosts. That means He is the King of, um, he's the king of uh, great armies. He's the King of uh, might. And the strength and might of God is emphasized here because it was not King David's might that allowed him to conquer his enemies and retake possession of the ark. It was God's might, God's strength, which empowered David to gain victory after victory over the Jebusites, over the Philistines. And indeed, God is so strong and so mighty, and that is why there are shouts to demand here that the ancient gates be opened so that the King of glory may come in. And here, it is very important to know with the truth from these verses that we came to the realization that no one can really deny the King of glory. Even if they do not open up the doors of the gates, the King of glory can still come in. But basically, the psalmist uh, is uh, calling out to everyone that as the King of glory arrive, the only right thing to do is to open up the gates. Right? The ancient doors. And this is symbolic of how we should open up our hearts for the King of Glory to come into our lives. We open up our hearts because we can choose to trust in God. We can choose with His grace to rely on Him even if we are going through difficult times. We can rely on the King of Glory because He is so full of perfect strength and might. He is able to drive out all who oppose to his righteousness. He is able to put the wicked to shame. Justice will be done. Mercy will be given. Vindication is at hand. And sometimes such deliverance is almost immediate. Sometimes we might have to wait for a long time. But my personal experience is that God always keeps to his promise. If we come and open up our hearts to Him, we open up the gates of our hearts to Him, He will deliver us from wickedness, from injustice, from untruths. He will also deliver us from ourselves, our sinful self. And you know, even if we do not get to experience such deliverance now in our lifetime, we trust that one day Jesus will be back as the judge as told to us, especially in the book of Revelation. And at that time, whatever injustice or wickedness or even abuse that we are experiencing right now will be gone forever. And we hold on to such a hope. Now, my friends, it's good to remember and give thanks constantly that God is strong and mighty, that He is the King of glory. Otherwise, you know, as we... Uh, get to witness, you know, especially these days, uh, the, the wickedness and the evil that fill this world, it might cause us to be so discouraged. 
that our faith gets severely affected. Yet we also know that it's not easy to put our trust in God when we ourselves are suffering in the midst of injustice or wickedness. Now, maybe in a workplace, uh, maybe in the works of ministry, or sometimes even in a family. And we have the tendency to want to take things into our own hands. We want to have the tendency to seek vengeance and put things right on our own. But here the psalmist is asking us to put our trust in the Lord, open our hearts to the King of glory, and He will vindicate us. You know, my friends, in my personal walk with God, I've been hurt and betrayed by persons whom I've trusted a lot. And even though I've come into the ministry with open hearts and eyes, you know, sometimes it's still so hard to bear when such things happen. You know, there was a time where I questioned God when I was going through all these things that why, you know, why do you allow me to experience such pains if you have indeed called me into ministry? And then I realized after a time of prayer and struggle and interacting with people who are much wiser than myself that such pains are allowed so that I can be molded and be a better person. I can be a better Christian. I can be a better pastor myself. And for that, I give thanks because, you know, humans being humans, we, we might not learn many of these things deep enough if God did not allow us to go through these things. And if you look at the life of King David, you know, he was someone who truly seeks after God's own heart. And he was often distressed by the powerful task at hand or, you know, his enemies that God has given to his hands and even betrayal by his own son. But he had often gone to God to seek his face. And the rare times where he didn't, especially after God had given him much wealth, and prosperity, he succumbed to temptations which had disastrous consequences. But after that, we can see that he picked himself up by the very grace of God and really just being renewed by the Lord and going back to God once again. Therefore, my friends, let us learn from this beautiful psalm, you know, from the good part of the psalmist, from the good part of King David, and be constant in our remembrance of how much we need the Lord. Let us come to Him even right now. Let us come to Him often and we seek His face. For grace has been given to those who believe to even be considered worthy to come into the very presence of the King of glory who is so strong, who is so mighty. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this devotion and we pray that, Lord, indeed, we will constantly praise you because, Lord, you are worthy of our praise. And we always want to remember that, Lord, you are the King of glory. And whatever things that we are going through right now, I pray for my friends who are listening in that, Lord, you deliver them, that, Lord, you watch over them, that, Lord, you vindicate them and help them to be still, be patient, even as you do your works and they wait upon you and listen to your directions. We thank you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I have a question uh, for you. So you can take this as a further point of reflection. 
So the questions are, have you ever experienced right, the strength and the might of God in delivering you from trouble or injustice? Can you recall what happened? And as you recall, you know, remember those times and give thanks. Or oh, my friends, are you going through a time right now where you feel persecuted, where you feel bullied, where you feel betrayed even? If so, perhaps it's time to seek further the King of glory for He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save indeed. So that's all I have for you for Psalms 24. And may this time of devotion be enriching and fruitful to you. So in the meantime, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye-bye.